CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode of Talking Metal is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website or online portfolio. For a free trial and 10% off, go to squarespace.com and use offer code SLASH. That's offer code SLASH, S-L-A-S-H, just like the uh, former guitar player of Guns N' Roses and former guest on Talking Metal. Anyways, here we go. Episode 452. It's the podcast version of the last live show from last Friday. Thanks so much for listening. Worldwide, this is John Astronomy hanging out on Talking Metal Live with Victor Ruiz and Mark Striegel. What's going on, guys? Oh, not much. I'm glad to finally get you two guys together on one show. We got John from, of course, Talking Metal and Victor from Mars Attacks. Mark from Talking Metal here joining up, joining forces for a, uh, a triple header here. Triple header, right? Three heads? Yes. Yeah. I love it, guys, Mark. Thank you for doing this, because, uh, and thank you, Victor, because Victor is the mastermind behind the technology to do this, and Mark has been trying to get me on this for a long time, and I, of course, wanted to be a part of anything Talking Metal, which is, you know, our thing, and I recently purchased the Avid Mbox and uh, revamped my entire Pro Tools uh, studio, took down my old computer that I used to use that Mark is very familiar with, and uh, running it all through a new Mac. And believe it or not, uh, it all worked out, and I'm totally psyched to be now a permanent fixture on the Talking Metal Live Friday night shows and the future podcasts that spawn from these shows. So thank you both, Mark and Victor. No, thanks for joining us, man. We are we are psyched. Uh, John and I are obviously here in New Jersey where the weather is absolutely freezing, the coldest it's been in 10 years. We're getting down below zero tonight. And, Victor, what is the weather like over in Spain? As usual here in the north, it is nice and cloudy. Uh, of course, there's supposed to be a meteor shower tonight, so none of that will be possible for anyone to see thanks to the clouds. But it is a balmy uh, 59 degrees. Wow. Now, Victor, is, 
how is it normally? Is like like compared to the U.S. Because you know the U.S. Where would Spain be? Like like what kind of temperature? Florida, California, Seattle, Seattle. Wow. The part of Spain that I'm in is Seattle. I have people that tell me all the time, "Wow, you're in Spain. You must be on the beach." This and that. Yeah, if you're in the south or if you're on the Mediterranean coast, but us of or but us on the northern coast. Uh, the weather is very similar to Seattle. It rains a lot during the year. Uh, when it gets nice, it's hot and humid. Um, but uh, the particular area that I'm at, uh, the beach is basically 15 minutes away, and the mountains are 20 minutes roughly in the other direction. So you got the best of both worlds. Ch- cool. Chiaki is checking in. Uh, he's listening out in San Francisco. 61 in San Francisco. That sounds wow. nice. I like that. But guys, let's get into talking to, about some rock and some metal here on today's show. Uh, Victor sent me a rundown, which uh, I don't have in front of me. What are we talking about first, Victor? Uh, well, since uh, we threw out a bunch of topics there, I, I thought it was sort of interesting, the whole thing with Axel and him renting an apartment <laughs> in New York, an underground apartment at that, and paying for it for two years and change and never showing up. Yeah, but, you know, it, it's... I look at this two ways, and, John, you can weigh in on your opinion. We know <laughs> Axel's a little crazy, you know, just because it took him so long to get Chinese democracy out and, and whatnot, and, and, you know, I know people are like, oh, it's another crazy Axel thing, and it, it very quite possibly is. However, I've done stuff like, for example... Uh, I'm crazy with books and DVDs. I have like a pile of DVDs that I've I've bought. Some of them is is you know as far back as like I'm not kidding, ten years ago that I still haven't watched. You know, and does that make me a little crazy? You know, I I buy, I buy books that I still haven't read. I once joined a gym that I didn't go to for like six months before I finally quit the gym. You know, it, <laughs> so it's like I I I get it. You know, and and yet I, he's a, obviously has a lot more money than we all do. So maybe right. this is just one of those things like that. He maybe wanted to go there and he just never got around to it. You know, and it's right. it's not as big a deal to somebody like that to be spending whatever he was renting it. I mean, what, what do you think it was? Five grand a month? Ten I, grand a month? I would say that it know. had... Yeah, Mark, you're, you're right, because it, it was definitely... I would suspect that the apartment was probably seven to ten grand a month. That's what I'm thinking. Where was it, John? Do you know? I think it was in uh, Tribeca. Okay. Now, I All didn't right. realize it was a basement apartment. I did read that he didn't want sunlight coming in. Or he preferred that there wasn't like like you know blaring sunlight coming in, so uh, that's cool. The thing is, is that uh, it said in an article that I read that uh, he had been to New York since renting the apartment and stayed in hotels, which I can also understand that maybe he got the apartment, planned to furnish it, planned to get it together. Maybe he didn't at the time, and so he's in New York. What's he going to do? Stay at a place that has nothing in it? Uh, who knows? Maybe it was a furnished department, but sometimes it's just easier if you're here for a day or two to just stay in a hotel. Um, but here's the deal: like, like for example, with him, uh, the money you spend on that could be uh, equivalent to the money that you guys or I would spend on a DVD set or something like that. But uh, <laughs> you know, who knows? So, yeah, uh, Victor, what are your thoughts? 
Yeah, that's very possible. I, I mean, and, and Mark, I have to say that I'm guilty of everything that you listed as well. So uh, you're not the only one that does all that stuff. But uh, yeah, uh, someone that makes that much money, throwing that, you know, throwing five to ten grand away a month is trivial to him. I mean, obviously, if you know, after seeing how long he spent recording that last album, how many millions of dollars he's probably thrown out due to other vices and different things that he's had along the way, and that's probably just chump change to him. I mean, it's really not that big of a deal, and I think (laughs) at the end of it, you know, this is just the internet or, or, you know, the owner of the apartment just trying to get his name out there and say, oh, you know, I have a scoop on Axl Rose. I bet Axl Rose probably rents about 20 places a year around the world. Right. Yeah, I I wouldn't be surprised. I got excited for a second because I thought that when I saw the headline that Axel just bought a new apartment in New York, and I thought, oh, wow, that's cool because that might mean some like new GNR stakeouts and uh, new gun stuff going on. But uh, then I saw that it was an old thing. So, Although I do have some news. DJ Ashba is coming out with a new Gibson signature model, Les Paul. Oh, is he? Okay, cool. Yep. That might mean that yeah. we get an interview with him, I would suppose. Since yeah, we usually I would get think a, so. A lot of uh, the signature people. model guys. Yeah. Uh, so cool, be- cool. Now, has a question for you. You know, we always talk about Kiss, obviously, but has, has Paul Stanley ever considered doing a Gibson model signature? I mean, he seems like, you know, I mean, it used to always be back in the day, Kiss, Kiss plays... You know, Pearl drums and Gibson guitars, because right. what was it? They want they, the best. Because they, they want demand. the best, yeah. yeah. I know that Paul loves Gibsons, and, uh, you know, historically, like, through history, he's a fan of Gibson. And I know that he likes the construction of Gibsons, uh, because I've, I've spoken to him about it. I think that it's all due to deals and, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. So, who knows? But Yeah, I mean, he probably gets paid by a company correct. like Washburn, you know, so... Right. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? One guy who does have uh, at least one signature Gibson Gibson is Slash, right? Right, uh, John. Correct. Yeah, he has. Does he have more than one? Yeah, he has like like at least like three or four. Like he's they, they he has like the regular one that was there was one that was called like Appetite First, and then uh, they did like a custom shop and a USA and then Epiphone, and that was sort of like the wood grain looking burst, and then. Then they did, like, uh, an old, old one. It was, like, red with, like, a snake on it. And then um, then they did a, a really cool tobacco sunburst, Les Paul, and the various versions of that. And then just now he has a new kind of reddish-looking one, and it's called Rasa Corsa. And, Victor, does that do you know what that means uh, in Spanish? I, I think it means something in Spanish, Rasa Corsa. How do you spell the last part? I think you it's know? like C O R S A. It's a certain color of red, maybe. Uh, the first part means rose. Oh, okay, right. And the last part, I mean, I'm assuming that might actually even be Italian. It may be like rough rose or something. Oh, okay. Like, yeah, that, like that's cool. exactly what it was. Uh, some, I, I, you're right that I do recall uh, reading the rose part. And uh, so he has a new Les Paul that's kind of like a flame top reddish looking guitar. So yeah, he's got got a lot of them, which is pretty cool. I guess that's the fourth that I can think of. Cool. Checking in with the listeners here. We have a, a good amount of listeners checking in on the live stream with us. Thanks, guys, for joining us. If you're listening to the podcast version of this, by the way, this was recorded last Friday. What is today's date? The 3rd, right? Yes. Yes. January 3rd. 
and uh, a good crew checking in on the live stream. However, not many people checking in on social media right at the moment. Uh, Todd H. says he's listening. Bill Wang, a.k.a. Donnie G., says he is listening. And uh, by the way, you know the crazy talking metal guy, uh, Donnie G., John? Correct. Yes. Yeah, he's he's flying out here for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame show. So that is amazing. You did mention that to me. That is very very cool. Yeah, you I'm know, actually <laughs> thinking of getting a hotel room in Brooklyn that night. Oh, that's very cool. I know that I'll be like insane and uh, like we'll probably be working the whole time, but uh, but it'll be an amazing night. Now I would do that too. I'd get a hotel room so I can just hang there and just relax and go to the show, and it's going to be good. Uh, by the way, you know what? My favorite thing with... Now, did you say Donnie G's uh, alias is Mr. Wang or, or Bill Wang? Bill Wang, Bill, yeah. Yeah, he has Bill a few Wang. aliases, but Bill Wang is one okay. of them. Donnie G, uh, this, is, uh, this is for you. Uh, one of my favorite ever Saturday Night Live uh, skits was The Ladies' Man. And uh, do you guys remember The Ladies' Man? No. Yeah, that was, um, wasn't that uh, Steve Martin and Dan no, Aykroyd? No, the ladies' man was, uh, what's his name? He, he was just in the news recently uh, because he was, a, a, there was an incident where the one of the other characters he uh, played uh, was not uh, used in a, in a recent skit. Tim Meadows. Remember Tim Meadows? Tim Meadows, yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, he was the ladies' man. Basically, he, he had like 70s clothes on and he had a, talk show yeah. much like talking metal or mars attacks and uh, he took viewers calls and he always had some curvassier and he talked about love and he was an expert at it but the greatest right, thing is i that, totally know who you're talking about <laughs> yeah. the funniest thing though is that and i've known people um you know like uh, mr wang like that's obviously the last name and the and then of course in metal we we know of the wang bar which is another name for tremolo bar and there was a guy that called in to the ladies man and he was worried about, and his question, and he said it in, like, a bunch of technical terms. And his question basically was that he was worried that his manhood was, was not up to par. And the greatest thing is Tim, uh, Tim Meadows, playing the ladies' man, summed it up and said, Okay, let me sum up your question. How dinky is your wang? And I thought that was, like, the greatest Wait, and so, so now anytime I see somebody with the name Wang, I think of that, and, and which is oh, so bad. I I must so laughing. Wang is actually a code word for penis or, or dick or something? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I did, I'm so out of it, I didn't even know that. And even Anyways, like Wang yeah. Bar, like, uh, I, even, I don't even know where Wang Bar... Mark, you've heard of Wang Bar, right? Yeah, sure. sure. Yeah. So yeah, Wang is definitely uh, a code word for, for that. And, uh, but the greatest thing is he goes, okay, in summation, what you're asking me is, how dinky is your wang? And, and I just thought that was freaking hilarious. So, yeah, anyway, great. there was a scandal with Tim Meadows because they did this thing. They did this thing, and they had a uh, uh, Will Ferrell on and some other people, and they didn't ask Tim Meadows back. And so he initially went on TMZ and said a couple of things, and then he later said, uh, you know, he loves everybody. But uh, he, he was definitely uh, apparently hurt by the fact that they they brought a bunch of people on recently and didn't ask him. But back. Not him. Yeah. Right. Huh. Yeah, he's stuff on ABC lately, so maybe that's why. Was that what? He's done stuff on ABC lately. Like he was on a show called The Goldbergs with uh, Jeff Gardner. I think his name is. Oh, okay. Yeah. Or, 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 or could, could be because he's black. There, there was a scandal. That's, about that's, that. a little, that's a little joke. 
Not very funny. So no, there, didn't go there, over was so a, well. there was a scandal about that because uh, there was a thing where they were saying that they even had fake auditions. That uh, at least is what I read. That they were they were saying there's not a lot of uh, African American people on Saturday Night yeah, Live. They've been under a lot of pressure. Like even Al Sharpton and stuff went and met with uh, uh, Michael. Lauren Michaels yeah. because there <laughs> hasn't been a, a black female in the cast for quite Correct. some time. Exactly. Anyways, let's let's move on and and uh, we started talking about Kiss Axel. I want yeah Axel uh, slash. Let's get into some music right now. We'll hear a little Guns and Roses, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about. Uh, we'll briefly talk about the Kiss uh, induction into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and from there go into a little discussion on uh, maybe. Oh, you we're going to hit Jakey Lee before that, right? Uh, right, Victor. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, okay. All right, so let's play some guns. We'll come back and talk about Jake, and then we'll talk about Kiss. How about that? Perfect, Mark. Sounds good. Here we go. The little night train off of Appetite for Destruction by Guns N' Roses.
That is Guns N' Roses with Night Train featuring Slash. Yes. Slash on guitar. And the reason I want you to remember Slash is this. Because as you guys know, this episode is brought to you by Squarespace. The all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website or online portfolio. I mean, this is a place you can, you don't have to be a webmaster or anything. You can just go there and really get your website going, a professional, amazing looking website going without a lot of hassle or trouble at all. It, it, it's amazing. And I want you to all go try a free trial of this. You'll get 10% off. You go to squarespace.com and you use the offer code slash, as in. Guns N' Roses, Velvet Revolver, Guitar Player, Slash. S-L-A-S-H is the offer code, and that'll also help support what we're doing here on Talking Metal. Squarespace is constantly improving their platform with new features, new designs, and even better support. They have beautiful designs for you to start with and all the style options you need to create a unique website for you or your business. As you guys know, I'm a freelance producer, and I actually am thinking of, for my television work, my professional work, getting a uh, Squarespace site set up so I can feature some of these spots and some of my work for, uh, for my profession, which is a writer-producer of promos and television uh, let's see. Over 70 Squarespace employees are on the customer care team, which is based in a, my favorite city, New York City. Their office has actually been nicknamed the Care Bear Lair. I love that. It's awesome. The customer support team has won numerous awards, most recently a Gold Stevie Award. Have you guys ever heard of the Gold Stevie Award? I've heard of Stevie Nicks. That's it. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Cold. I'm sure it's. I'm sure that's a great award to have. But- gold stevie award and it's just eight dollars a month and it, that includes a free donut main name uh, if you sign up for a year which i mean just getting a domain name alone can cost as much as like twenty dollars so yeah, it's eight an bucks amazing a month is great we yeah, pay more is. than that guys so we should yeah, have we should, done this we should yeah, maybe switch. we should move over to squarespace totally right. every design automatically includes a unique mobile experience that matches the overall style of your website so your content will look great on every device, every time. And again, start a trial with no credit card required. You know, a lot of these times, you always they sucker you in. You got to put a credit card in, and then you start getting billed. You know, even though all you wanted was the free trial. Not with with these guys. Not with Squarespace. You can start a trial with no credit card, and you can start building your website immediately. So, guys, remember the. It's just really easy. Squarespace, all you have to do is drop and drag everything. You can drag and drop to add content from your desktop and even rearrange elements of content within the page. And again, it's 24-7 support based out of New York City. They do live chat during the week and have extremely fast email support throughout the day and night. So check them out, guys, and use that, that, uh, that code SLASH. And we just heard a little slash. That was Guns N' Roses with Slash on guitar. Jakey Lee, speaking of good guitar players, Jakey Lee is back in the spotlight. We uh, have spoken about him in some of the last episodes. What is the current news on Jakey Lee, Victor? 
apparently there's been a comment that uh, he's released to Brave Word saying that he has not spoken to Ozzy Osbourne since the day after he got fired from the band. So, um, to me at least, it was interesting to find out finally he was fired because there was, for so many years, you know, what, there was never any definite. Was he fired? Did he quit? There were so many rumors that had come out. So at least, for me anyway, we finally know what actually took place. Mark, now, did you know exactly what the story was or what? No, I never really knew. You know, I, I kind of figured that he was booted out, but I never really knew because he came back, I mean, within a pretty quickly with Badlands, right? What was it, probably right. like two years, two to three years after Ozzy? And, you know, so I, I never really knew for sure what happened there either. You know, I, but, um, the, you know, that is interesting that he hasn't spoken with Ozzy, although we did hear... In I believe that same interview, Victor. Correct me if I'm wrong. That he had spoke with with Sharon, and did he maybe even met Sharon for lunch or something once, like back in like what 2000 or something, right? Uh, even sooner, apparently before Gus G. No, you're right. Actually, I was going to say before Gus G. was in the band, but no, it was actually when uh, they when Zach was out of the band, and I guess they brought Joe Holmes in. Okay, so yeah, I don't know if that was 2000 or even earlier because I know Joe Holmes was with him. Uh, I, I, I remember seeing Ozzy with Joe Holmes in 96. Right. And then probably as late as 2000 or something. I mean, there was a good, you know, five to six year period where Zach was out of the band, at least the touring band. Right. Yeah, so, so. interesting stuff. Uh, I'm not totally surprised. I mean, I, I do, you know, who, who knows how close Ozzy was to him. I found out, I found it interesting that, that Jake, when he mentioned that he had spoken with Sharon, that, you know, he kind of like left it open with her and then she never got back to him uh, as far as, you know, doing a jam with Ozzy or something like that. Uh, and he did mention, which is fine because I probably would have, uh, you know, wanted to approach her about uh, my songwriting credits on bark at the moon, which Ozzy apparently has even admitted that, you know, he wrote those songs on bark at the moon with Jake. And if you go to Wikipedia or you have the album, all songs are credited simply to Ozzy Osbourne. Wow. That, that sort of makes sense though. I mean, you're coming in as an employee, basically. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I, I but, know you know, I, I would think just for Jake's pride, I mean, everybody knows. I mean, Ozzy, even in, I think, Jake references in the liner notes for one of the box sets or the or or one of the, you know, Ozzy greatest hits CDs, he says in the liner notes, Ozzy actually says, I wrote this, wrote this song referring to either Bark at the Moon or Rock and Roll Rebel or something, with Jakey e. Lee. However, it's not credited that way, you know? Yeah. And I think, I think that's obvious, you know, that Jake wrote the songs with, with Ozzy. Because right. on, on the next record, every song except Shot in the Dark was credited to Jake and Ozzy. Right. Yeah, I think, you know what I think is, like, sometimes when somebody is new into a group, and and like somebody as big as Ozzy uh, is co-writer of a song, they just you know they do buyouts, they do different things. That that could be a possibility even too, where they they hired. And I'm not saying this happened, but 
it's possible that, and let's just hypothetically say this because I, I doubt that this is exactly what happened, but Ozzy could have technically hired Jake uh, as uh, somebody to do a work for hire where basically he's just writing and then he gets paid a fee for that, but you don't really get songwriting credit and stuff like that. But, you know, like... I'm sure that Ozzy is capable of writing a complete song, um, and I'm sure he's. Yeah, I know that he's written amazing songs, um, but uh, I would suspect that Jakey Lee came up with you know various guitar parts and riffs and different things that became part of those songs. So, and and I would think that you know if if Jake had any leverage at all, like say they did want to do a reunion tour with him back in the band, which I, I think would be a lot of fun and Amazing. I would love to see. Uh, I, I don't see why. What if Jake went to, you know, the Ozzy Osbourne camp and said, Hey, I don't want money. I just want, I just want my name on the Wikipedia page. You know, <laughs> just as somebody who co-wrote the songs. One thing that's interesting, I had my vinyl out the other day of the ultimate sin. And I was playing that. And on that record, all the songs are credited to Osborne and Lee, with the exception of Shot in the Dark, which is credited to Ozzy Osbourne and Phil Suzanne. Right. However, I just now, just, just this very moment, pulled up the Wikipedia page, and Bob Daisley is credited on every song, along with Ozzy Osbourne and Jakey e. Lee, with the exception, you know, except Shot in the Dark. Uh, which oh, that again, is interesting. Just, that is weird. Yeah, which is is really interesting because he originally on the vinyl version that I bought, you know, when it came out, uh, he is not credited, and and I know that for a fact because as recent as like four or five days ago, I uh, I was listening to the vinyl and just studying the album cover and noticed that yeah. the songs were strictly credited to Ozzy Osbourne and Jakey e. Lee. You, you know what, Mark? I, I swear to God, both of you guys, that I also was recently on Wikipedia and looking up something, and I did see Bob Daisley's name associated with some of these Aussie tunes. So that's strange. Like, uh, I wonder if they yeah, well, added I'd that or if a fan did it two, or what. Yeah, and those first two records, you know, with with Randy, I think he was always credited. I think the songs actually may have been split four ways on that between uh, Lee Karaslik on uh, on drums and uh, Daisley, Ozzy, and of course, Randy. But I, I never I never thought that uh, he was credited on, on the Bark at the Moon record or the Ultimate Sin record. However, according to Wikipedia, he is. I know he claims he wrote he wrote those songs with Ozzy, but I never knew that was was official. See, you know what's weird is there's a couple of different ways to write tunes. There's a, a way where like like Mark, like where you and me wrote tunes where like maybe uh, you'd come up with a riff and then I'd come up with a different riff, riff, uh, you know, separate of each other, and then would marry them together, um, similar to what we did with the song cover up. Uh, and then there's a thing where like people all get in a jam room and play songs, and and I kind of think that's why people like the drummer, like Lee, uh, unless he was also playing guitar too or something, got credited. And I say that, uh, you know, no offense to drummers, but like if you're just playing the beat, sometimes you you don't get a songwriting credit. Yeah, um, actually, I'm looking at I'm looking at the uh, Wikipedia entry right now for 
blizzard of Oz and uh, Lee Kerslick is actually only or cares lake what do you, do you say cares lake or cares lake i always said curse like but i i don't Kerslick. know how it's pronounced but curse like yeah, I, I don't even know how it's spelled curse like yeah you're probably right anyways he's only credited on one song okay so maybe and, he did really come up with a riff for that tune which is great i good for him because yeah. me being a drummer like you know sometimes you get like gypped out of songs because uh and i know that was a politically incorrect thing to say gypped but um uh you know because you're contributing, but you're not really writing the chords and stuff. And it's really the riffs and the the lyrics and the melody that I think are what uh, go into songwriting. I don't know, but uh, no, I, I agree with that. Yeah, here's the thing. I don't know if Bob Daisley, like you know, came like you know him and Randy Rhodes were sitting in a room and coming up with riffs back and forth, and then they put a song together, or if they were all in like a rehearsal space and playing, and then somebody said, "Oh, we're all here. Let's just say we all wrote it." You know. Like, like some bands, do. like Van Halen did that. Like all the, yeah. weren't all the old Van Halen songs uh, credited to all four guys? Yes, the the police was, uh, the police was different. Actually, the police, I, I know that that synchronicity. This is not heavy metal, obviously, but that synchronicity record. They always said that the the couple kind of throwaway songs on there were the ones that Sting didn't write. And that that record would have been like a perfect record if they would have just let Sting write all the songs. Wow. Where, you know, um, yeah, Van Halen, they split it four ways. You know, Kiss back in the day, even though they were getting different songwriting credits, I do believe they were splitting everything four ways back they were. in the 70s. You are yeah. correct. Yep. From the original contract, I guess 73 to 83, they split everything four ways. Cool. That was well, kind of cool, where they they credited the songs to whoever really wrote them, but all the money was split four ways, and all the publishing and you know everything. That's an interesting thing. So, for example, if everybody is wondering, like Cold Gin, which was written by Ace, you know that tune, uh, everybody got credit. Or Calling Doctor Love, written by Gene, uh, all four still made you know the money. So. And by the way, all songs on Diary of the Madman credited to Ozzy, Randy, Bob, and Lee, except where wow. noted, which are two songs. It looks like it's You Can't Kill Rock and Roll and Believer, which were just credited to Ozzy, Randy, and Bob. So Very cool. There you go. Anyways, you got some Jakey Lee queued up? I actually have Ultimate Sin. By uh, the, oh, the nice. title off of the Ultimate Sin, and one thing that I did want to say, I'm assuming that the reason that your pressing doesn't have his name is he probably sued, and each uh, following pressing probably had his name on it. That's probably how it got on Wikipedia, because that has happened from time to time. Yeah, could be, could be. There's this, uh, by the way, Jake E. Lee and the Red Dragon Cartel guys. Uh, I know you're over in Spain now, Victor, but John, uh, he's going to be playing in North Jersey at a small Ooh. little club. Jake E. I, Lee. I want to go to that. Like, I know I don't yeah. go to many gigs, but that one I want to go to. What, what yeah, club? It's, it's a great, it's called Mexicali or something. It's like, I, I saw Jeez. Gypsy Hawk there, and it's like a, a small, it's, it's a really cool place. It's in Teaneck, New Jersey, out by the Meadowlands there, and it's uh, it's like a Mexican metal restaurant bar, wow. it, and, and that's the best way to describe it. It's like they serve Mexican food, 
but it's very it's like black all inside you know and and the and it's definitely got a like a rock metal vibe about it when is the gig this is great i think it's april 2nd okay yeah, so you should come yeah, with me, man. Yeah, I definitely will. Unless there's some Rock and Roll Hall of Fame thing going on that I got to do, like, you know, prior to that. Um, oh, shit. When is the Rock and Roll Hall of the Fame? Tenth, the 10th. The 10th. So, oh, the yeah, tenth. yeah. Oh, it okay. won't conflict with the actual gig, but unless there's, you, you never know, like, if I have to work on something. But, um, yeah, that would be amazing. I mean, geez, that would get me excited again. You know what? Uh, and I have to admit this, guys, like, sometimes, uh, you know, Mark goes to a bunch of gigs. Victor, I bet you go to a bunch of gigs. And I don't go to as many gigs as I uh, should. And, uh, you know, we get into these things like where we're, we're just like burned out on working and this, that, and the other thing in New York. I mean, right now it's like 10 degrees and you got to you gotta walk home from like some boat and then you got to like get snow blown in your face every day. And like most people just get in their car and go to work and, you know... I know that I, uh, people are probably like, oh, cry, baby. Uh, uh, but um, it's tough. And sometimes you don't feel like going to gigs, right? Yeah, no, I, I hear you. I hear you. But, I mean, for me, I'd it's like, like when, the, when the bands go on so late, you know, when I got two little kids at home and they get up at like 6.30 every day, that's always the tough thing for me. Yeah. But uh, See, I Dave go to Burke, gigs. did I mention he's tuned in? A guy named Dave Burke is tuned in cool. on Facebook. Hi, uh, Chiaki's checking out. Chiaki. Yeah, I... I for as many listeners as we have, the social media aspect of things seems pretty quiet tonight, but I'm glad you guys are listening. Um, I see you there on our count. And real quick, before we get into the the Aussie tune with Jakey Lee, wanted to mention some of my Christmas presents from my mom. Nonetheless, I got the new Martin Popoff Two Minutes to Midnight book. Uh, nice. And Iron Maiden, Day by Day, beautiful pictures. Martin Popoff, one of the best uh, metal authors, authors out there. I can't wait to read it. I also got Artie Lang's book, which should be a fun read. The new one, Crash and Burn. And Bobby Brown's new book, mm, Dirty nice. Rocker Boys, Love and Lust on the Sunset Strip. And a beautiful picture of, of Bobby Brown on the cover in her classic outfit from the... Uh, cherry pie video. Wow, that I think is good. I think I, that's the what 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 that uh, picture's from. Is that where she's like look? sucking on the the cherry? Yes, I believe so. I got zero metal gifts. <laughs> I got almost zero gifts. Nah, okay. <laughs> no, I got. Have a, you guys uh, seen Bobby Brown on the uh, ex ex wives of rock show on Fuse? No, nope. It's a good, it's a great show, John. You'd like it. It's right up your alley, man. <laughs> Oh, good. Have you seen that, Victor? I have not. Uh, if, if you say it's worthwhile, I'll see if I can download it somehow off the web. Yeah, it's terrible. It's a terrible show, but it's, it's, <laughs> it's yeah. just one of those train wreck shows that you just can't really stop watching. You know what? It's, uh, it's Bobby Brown, some other chick who used to be married to somebody in uh, Warrant, uh, Tommy Lee's sister. And Sharice Neal, who is Vince Neal's ex-wife, she's actually the mother of Skylar Neal, who uh, you know passed passed away at a very young age. Their their daughter they had together. So it's a great show, though. It's that's uh, cool. Just uh, so bad, it's good. You know, Talking Metal, the reality version, would blow away any show. And I think, dude, they, we got to talk know. about that because I've yeah. actually been thinking about that. We should p- start pitching that, man. 
Yeah, I mean, I have like a daily scandal every day. You don't have to make up ones. Just follow me around. There's enough. The thing is, <laughs> would you be willing to go public with it? Yeah, know? totally. I would be. Like, sure. I have no you get, you shame. Get yeah, I'll, I'll do it for nothing. <laughs> no, if it's on TV, I'll do it. But I'd like to get paid for it. Um, I'm already, I, even though the only person that can see me is Victor, I, I'm uh, positioning the cameras to see my amps. Victor, do you see that? Yeah, absolutely. That I have cool? I have a little dinky uh, Fender Mustang 2 behind me, and I see John <laughs> with two full stacks there, two full Randall stacks, and I don't know how many guitars. Yeah, and one of the Randall signs fell off of the one amp behind my head. I got a get that back on and then uh, there's a Marshall stack on the other side so I wish I had like a, a camera that I could like well I guess I can just keep turning the computer screen and then you can see different views but uh, I- I'm thinking guys maybe in the future we uh, expand this into a video thing even if it's for some kind of a members only thing or something like that yeah, what do you think have, like three guys three guys all just with headshots all talking about kiss all the time and that'll be yeah. our new uh That'll be our yeah, new that, show. It's an original yeah, we can, idea. We can, name it, we can name it after an Ace song that has like a number in it. Wouldn't that be good? <laughs> yeah. Something about coins totally. or something. Yeah, I think we should uh, do it. We, we, we kid. We just kid. Anyways, kid. let's get into some Jakey, Jakey Lee right now with Ozzy Osbourne. And we'll quickly come back, speaking of uh, Kiss Talk, and we'll talk about the one, the only Vinnie Vincent. Vinny, I love him. I saw him. Or, uh, no. The Syria Mosque, that, believe it or not, that's the name of the place. Pittsburgh, PA, uh, and Mark Slaughter was on vocals, and they opened for Alice Cooper. And I think they only played like four songs, and like, like most of the gig was a guitar solo, which I loved. <laughs> and I'm not kidding. I think it was like four songs and one like, long guitar solo. For real. Right now, well, why let's don't check out Ozzy? Let's check out some Ozzy with uh, the title track of The Ultimate Sin.
a pop-up that says enable video or something? We're, we're coming back on the air, guys. Okay, never mind. Okay. We'll work it out another time. Now I can't see Mark anymore. Hello? Yeah, we are back. We're fiddling on our end uh, with with the cameras. We can actually see one another. It's pretty amazing, guys. Yeah, we're only about 3,000 miles away, at least me from Mark and John. And uh, obviously Mark and John are much closer to one another. Uh, yes, we are both in New Jersey. I hear yes. Mark. Is he there? Dropped out for a minute. Yeah. Now, actually, John, I can see you for the first great, time. Great. Great. Yeah. Hey. We're we're all trying to Hi, Mark. guys for you and the listeners. Hey, we're trying to uh, work out our video cameras. So now I see John, but I don't see Victor. So, anyways, uh, <laughs> there. Yeah. John, John's got the perfect camera angle with two Randall half stacks behind him in the Eric Carr drum kit from uh, <laughs> the Crazy Nights tour, which I was just watching. Kissology on loan nice. from my my brother. The I was actually watching the volume two version, and you know got me thinking about Vinnie Vincent and uh, his contributions to Kiss. And when Ace was recently on Eddie Trunk, he actually mentioned you during the interview, John. Yeah, I'm sure great. you heard it. Yep. Uh, he mentioned you know that about how it's really just the four original members that are being inducted but he seemed opened at least in the discussion with eddie trunk to possibly having you know jamming rock and roll all night with some of the the other guys and i think he specifically mentions eric and and tommy i would think in my opinion as a kiss fan that that there should be at least another guy included in that and that would be bruce kulik yeah Bruce, uh, I don't know if he if 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 Ace was you know it was still it sounded like everything was still very not firm the way Ace was talking about it. Yeah, I, I don't think that Ace was slighting Bruce at that point. I, I think he was just uh, you know everybody's been talking about Tommy and Eric because they're currently in a band. So I think that's all that uh, I think that's the only reason that he specifically mentioned those guys. But uh, I know Ace right. uh, loves Bruce. Uh, and they're, they're, those guys are friends. Uh, the last time I think Ace and Bruce hung out was at the uh, Monster Palooza uh, Fest out in uh, Burbank. And uh, yeah, Bruce and Ace lo- like they're like good friends, and they they really uh, truly like each other. And uh, yeah, I've seen pictures of them online together. Probably you took the pictures, <laughs> but some of them. Yeah, uh, I think maybe Frank might even the the guy that uh, used to be Ace's assistant might have took one of them. But uh, recently, I probably took the other ones. And uh, uh, I know I'm like 100 percent sure that Ace would not mind if uh, Bruce. Uh, this this is not a speaking, so please nobody uh, write this. But uh, in, in my opinion, he would definitely not mind if Bruce jumped up on stage and played that song with him, because uh, I yeah. mean, for for God's sake, Bruce was, was in the band from like 1984 to 1996. I mean, that's a long time. And I loved Kiss totally with Bruce. I mean, I absolutely yeah, I mean, loved it, the band with Bruce. Yeah, Bruce is such an important member of the band. There's there's one other member that I wonder if he should be up there, and that would be Vinnie Vincent. However, it just seems like like there's so much... Mm, I, I'll use the word hate on the, on the side of Paul and Gene towards Vinnie Vincent that I don't know if that, would, if that would happen. I mean, I know Peter, if you read Peter's book, he really seems to hate 
Paul and Jean, but they're kind of in the dominant position. I think Peter will most likely, who knows, I may be wrong, but I would think he will be there at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame uh, um, performance. Uh, But Vinnie Vincent, could you see, I mean, what do you guys think? Victor, what do you think? Could you see Vinnie Vincent showing up to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame uh, and and doing some all-star jam on Rock and Roll all night? I'm going to say no. The fan in me wants to say yes. I, I want to see him there, and you know I'd love to see them, you know, work things out. But the reality is, he may have just burnt that bridge too many times, you know, for for them to even consider him coming up on stage. And if he comes up on stage, who knows if if his, you know, if anything that he goes close to, you know, a mic or or a guitar or anything is even live because you know from his track record, he's going to want to outdo and and outshine everyone. And I'm not sure that they can, you know, really risk that, you know, I just get the vibe that, and John, I'd love to hear your opinion on this, that, that, you know, rock and roll hall of fame thing aside that, that Vinny ended up in kiss, not because of his guitar playing, but because he was a really good songwriter. And, you know, he had helped write some songs on Creatures of the Night. It seems from what I've read that they were still unsure if he was going to become a member by the time that record was completed. But he really kind of convinced them that he should be a member. And because they were writing good songs with him, he got into the band. But I I mean, I was reading in Gene's book, which is called, uh, you know, Kiss and Makeup from many years ago. But he just really says, uh, you know, he says a lot of negative stuff about Vinny, saying he was too thin and too short to be in the band. And he he never signed the contract to be in the band. And, and uh, then I remember hearing stuff where they were saying he was ripping off the fans, even back in his Kiss days, by like, selling them guitars saying hey i played this guitar when he hadn't even touched the guitar you know i don't know it seems like they never liked the guy here's what i think i've read the stories that said that uh you know they didn't necessarily like have auditions and say okay uh you're one of 10 people who auditioned and uh, we're gonna pick you Uh, what happened was they had somehow been writing with Vinny as you said, and the songs were coming out great, and Vinny was just the guy that was around. He he may have even played on records, even though he wasn't officially in the group. And then when it came time to tour, they just didn't have any other alternative, and they said, okay, you know what? This guy's been writing with us. He's been in the studio with us. We might as well just uh, put him in the band for the tour. And that's what happened. Now, the this thing is, is that I wish that things were, you know, well, you know, when I say I wish, for Vinny's sake, I wish that things would have been different because uh, if it hadn't been for all the weird things that have happened in KISS, uh, Bruce would have never been in the band, and I'm glad that Bruce was in the band. So uh, I don't want to say that I wish everything always completely worked out, but with Vinny, however, I loved Vinny Vincent. I I, uh, was a big fan of Vinny Vincent Invasion. I went to see them live. Uh, I had all the records, uh, you know, the, the, the main albums that came out. Um, but I did hear some stories uh, about Vinny possibly ripping off fans. Now, who knows? Maybe that, w- now that I am part of the business, uh, I understand that, uh, you know, there, there. for example, there are records that are out there that say Ace's name on it, 
for example, do, do you know those anomaly colored vinyl albums? Like silver right. vinyl and stuff like that. Ace I, had nothing to do yes. with those things. And, um, and you know, there was one where, like, the vinyl was supposed to be silver, and then the next thing you know, it was silver marbled. Like, a- that had zero to do with Ace. And, and, uh, so. So, what were they were like bootleg counterfeits of they, some they, sort? I, they were either. It's a possibility that the people that put those out, who I've met before, apparently, uh, had something to do with the distribution company who was put out anomaly now maybe it was le- like you know I- i'm not going to say it wasn't legit i'm just going to say that ace personally had zero to do with that stuff and uh so who knows who knows what happened with Vinny? but uh uh yeah i I'd, I'd, I'd love i to mean i i would i would hope back. that that yeah i would too and and you know eddie trunk has made made it known i guess i i haven't heard eddie say this but from little things i've read on mes- message boards you know, he's made it known that he he'd like to bring Vinny out to the uh, out, out to the public once again in the same way he did with Jakey e. Lee. I think it's a tougher thing than 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 Jake's situation because um, I I do think that there's probably you know and you know uh, sorry, but I think there's mental illness there. I think the guy's a little office rocker, if you will, and uh, you know, but what a talent. You know, and, and, and I think Kiss recognized that this guy was able to create great songs because they brought him back for revenge, you know. As Correct. much as they hated him the first time around, they must have, you know, he must not if have they hated that him bad. that much. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And in Gene's book, it's funny. I mean, it's typical Gene. He claims that right around the time they were recording Creatures, which he, he in his book claims there were, you know, like 10 guitar players on, including... Vinnie Vincent and Rick Derringer. Um, but he, he claims right at that time, Eddie Van Halen came to him and told him that he was considering leaving Van Halen and wanted to know if they might be interested in having him join Kiss. Now, let's put this in perspective. This is right after The Elder. Kiss was at a low point, the lowest of their career, really. Van Halen was was what released had just released diver down or maybe the (laughs) fair warning record i mean van halen were just cruising up 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 and no matter how much roth and van halen weren't getting along i can't imagine that van halen would have seriously considered leaving this up and coming, you know, this band that was just growing bigger bigger and bigger and and in gene's book he claims at the meeting um, Eddie played him jump, like uh, a demo of jump. So I guess this would have been after Diver Down, although I'm not sure that makes sense year-wise uh, with with Creatures and when Gene's claiming the meeting happened. And then he kind of, you know, makes it, he says, well, I told Eddie, you know, stick with Van Halen. So we have Gene <laughs> to thank for the 1984 record, you know, <laughs> according to his book, because he's the one who told Eddie, don't quit Van Halen and join Kiss. Stay with Van Halen. Wow. And he, he almost makes it, he somehow ties this story into them getting Vinny in the band. Like, almost like, hey, we could have had Van Halen in the band, but we settled for Vinny, a guy who was too short and too skinny. And... It, Paul designed his makeup and like, you know, the same stuff he always does takes the credit away from the guy, you know. 
other people, right? Victor, <laughs> any comments? Uh, the the story from Gene actually, I remember reading that in Guitar World, um, even before the reunion took place. There was that famous um, issue with Dimebag and Snake dressed up like Ace, right? And yeah. I believe it. If it wasn't that issue, it was right around that time where they had it was Eddie in short hair, so it was I guess around that balance time period. Uh, they had him with the the Ace makeup on. And they mentioned it. And then years later, that whole story about him playing the intro to Jump and all that and what he said, you know, about staying in, in the band or whatnot, which is very comical, obviously. But uh, I, I don't know. Um, well, how do you, yeah, how do I you mean, Van Halen down. I mean, seriously, I'm uh, regardless of what band it is, you know, you you work something out. There's no way that you say no to him. You know, I don't know. It just doesn't make any sense at all. It, uh, even at that point, you resurrect the band 100%. You have the hottest guitarist on the planet wants to join your band, and you're going to say no. There's, There's got to be, you know, someone I mean, smoking something there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they would have died to have Van Halen in the band at that point. But there's, that, I, just can't I just can't foresee that happening. Yeah, yeah Anyways, um, the... the <laughs> The thing I wanted to ask you, John, you worked on Kissology Volume Two. Uh, you worked on all the Kissology, all the volumes, actually. Right. Yeah, um, there's a number of of, of cool uh, Vinnie Vincent performances on there. There's what I believe is the last show in makeup down in Brazil. There's the uh, first show without makeup that's on there too, as well as the unmasking. Are are there any other? Any other uh, concerts or interviews, clips that stick out in your mind that didn't make it onto the yes. the Kissology, maybe for legal reasons or or whatever reason I don't know, but that right. are out there of Vinnie Vincent in in Kiss. Yeah, yeah absolutely. There's a uh, USA Network interview uh, from a show, and I believe it was called Night Flight, and it's like a long interview, and there's raw footage out there on the bootleg markets, about like thirty. 40 minutes of an interview and it's a uh, kiss with Eric Carr and Vinnie Vincent at Paul and Jean in makeup. And uh, Vinnie does a lot of talking and it's a, a cool thing. Any, any fans who haven't seen that should definitely, uh, you know, seek that out. And, uh, it's definitely worthwhile to see. Um, there are no issues with him laughing too much during the interview. No, it's not like the Tom Snyder interview, but it's it's you know what's weird about it? it? It's almost like it reminds me very much of that same interview, except the yeah. Movie. And I know what you're talking about, John. Not to cut you off, but I saw something, and it may have been that online with with them in makeup. And every time Vinny talks, Paul and Jean look nervous. Yeah, I, I have a feeling that it, at that time, Paul and Jean weren't. As I don't know if it, the the word is experience, but they're they're not like they are now, where everything is like pre planned, and like Vinny would just start talking, and and every time I watch it, I get nervous because I'm thinking, you know, I don't know if this commentary is sanctioned by Paul and Jean, which now we know that if you say something, it has to be, you know, of course sanctioned. Now, I, do I think that they told Ace you can only say certain things? No, I think when the Kiss reunion was happening. It was like the whole thing was so wild for all of them, even Paul and Gene, that they just let everything go. But nowadays, 
I, I I bet they would put like Tommy and Eric Singer into media training before they would like uh, put him out in an interview. Who knows? Maybe not. But uh, what do you think? I don't know. I mean, I found it interesting in my interview the, with Tommy Thayer in 2013. The one big thing that that always sticks out to me about that interview is how positive positively he talks about Vinnie Vincent and how what how great he was and because. Let's face it, Vinny was suing Kiss recently, and the way I understand it, he lost, and Gene and, I guess, Paul countersued, and they are actually taking his court, the court costs that they had to pay to fight him in court right out of his royalties. So um, yeah, like, apparently I, I found to pay their court costs, right? Yeah, exactly. So and And they can withhold it. From his his ro- ro- royalties, excuse me, and so I found it interesting that Tommy spoke positively about about that, and I didn't know if that was like, in a way, you know, you know there's so much as you know, John. There's so much, and, and Victor, everyone who likes Kiss knows this. There's a lot of anti-Tommy sentiment out there, and uh, just because he is wearing the classic. Ace makeup. I mean, let's fa- let's let's face it, and a lot of people just don't like that. And I almost wondered if it was kind of Tommy's like little like way of saying, you know, there's there's more to Kiss than just Ace. You know, it was, it was weird. If you go back and listen to that interview right. that I did with Tom Tommy, it's it's just odd that that he, out of all people, I mean, I think it took a little bit of guts for him to come out and actually talk highly of 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 Vinny. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, that that is definitely interesting and uh, pretty wild. But uh, quick aside, yeah. guys. Cool. Uh, so uh, sorry to do this I, because I, I love yeah. talking about Vinny. Oh, can I can I say one more thing real quick? Yeah, absolutely. Hello. Go. <laughs> you know who I saw on a TV show recently? Steve Ferris. Now I don't know if you guys know who he is. I, there was a Kiss connection with Paul Stanley. I I think they did some writing or they were some they were friends. But Steve Ferris was the guitarist of uh, Mister Mister, and he used to be like a like an eighties looking guy with like uh, you know like spike you know like kind of like teased up hair on the top you know not not like poison teased but like more like um, pop eighties teased a cool cool dude great guitarist, and then he um, later went on to be in White Snake in nineteen ninety seven uh, at least, um, and Adrian Vandenberg was in the group at that point and. Uh, and then um, now he's he was on like some uh, hunting show I saw, and he has a completely different look, um, like uh, short hair, like a long beard that has like a gray thing, and you know wearing all camouflage and hunting, and uh, a totally cool guy, great guitarist. But it, it, I I bet the people hunting with him did not, and, and I love hunters, right. relatives are all hunters, uh, did not know that this dude was a in White Snake or B was in Mister Mister or anything. It's just. I'm blown away by this transformation uh, uh, of Steve Ferris, uh, which is I know uh, very cool. I know exactly who you're talking about, and I just read something about him, and I can't remember what it was, but it was like him auditioning for some hard rock, heavy metal band. I don't know if it was Kiss or Ozzy or or, or who. I can't actually remember, but he, uh, you know, although Mister Mister was far from being a heavy rock band, from what I understand, he he was kind of a, a hard rock guy, or at least played hard rock and and metal well. 
and had a at least a foot in the the metal scene. Yeah, no doubt. And I just pulled up another picture, and even when I just said he didn't have poison style hair, he he definitely had teased up hair on the top, but it wasn't like massive was, long in the back. And then, then it's kind of frosted on, on top. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, but it, cool guy. I I I, I kind of think it's so neat that this dude is like out there on TV doing something completely different and uh, has a totally different look. I, I applaud him. Uh, I personally, I liked. Uh, you know, uh, I know it's not cool to be in metal and think that the '80s were cool, but uh, I, I always thought that was cool too. So I am a fan. I just like to say of all different genres of the guitar player named Steve Ferris who I think is very cool. That's that. Cool. Victor, any final thoughts? Steve Ferris. My my closest thing to a Steve Ferris story is uh, Stan Pendridge. I had a, uh, a high school friend moved into the house that Stan Pendridge owned while he was writing with uh, Peter, cool. who was up in uh, Sussex County. And he had a barn. And under all these bales of hay, they found nothing but shredded money so that is <laughs> wow. insane yeah and uh, it was funny because the way that he approached me he said you're you're a big kiss fan right yeah uh we bought this house from a guy named stan pendridge he wrote with uh someone in kiss and i was like oh peter chris and then all this came out and they had to apparently turn all the shreddings over to the authorities and stuff and i don't know if he was in legal problems or shredded not money that's weird um, so there was a there you huh. go. Closest thing to Steve Ferris, there was a I can quick, tell. Uh, breaking news. There was a tweet, apparently, unless this was a fake tweet, uh, that I read on kissfaq.com that Gene had recently said that Peter really didn't write Beth, and I believe he said it was Ezrin and maybe Penridge. So, hmm. interesting, who knows what's going on with that? Hmm. Now, did Gene ever get back to you regarding uh, whether Vinnie Vincent has Twitter or not? That's the- Oh, yeah. I, I, I tweeted, John, I don't know if you know this, but I tweeted Gene one night, and I was like, "Where? what is Vinnie, is, why isn't Vinnie Vincent on Twitter? And he never oh, responded. Funny. Oh, that's Because he apparently reads all the tweets, but uh, yeah. Wow. Anyways, a lot of people checking in now. Uh, Eric is checking in. We have Frank, we have Lee, we have Z-Man. Remember Z-Man, guys, Z-Man. from me talking? Yeah, he's listening right Z-Man. now. He's hey, actually Keep he's working. I lost his comment. I think he said he was working and he was listening. I can't, let's see. Uh, he's up in uh, North Sacramento. He's working right now. And uh, what, does he, what does he do, I wonder, for a living? I don't know. Lee Brown, Dave Burke. They're talking about Kiss 8 tracks currently on my Facebook page. There's a little discussion going on. So, guys, thanks so much, and we should probably wrap it up here tonight. It's been been great connecting with both John and Victor on the same podcast. Yes. Uh, Last time I spoke with Victor, I think, was last week, and John, I think, was last maybe a a little over a week ago. John and I met up at the – what's that place? The um, uh, Time Warner Center. Correct. Correct. Yeah, I I love that place. I bought two. Uh, I bought my girlfriend uh, all this stuff, and guess what? None of it was the right size. Uh, certain no. things were too big. Certain things were too small. So next thing you know, I got to return like three things. Can you believe it? Oh, okay. All right. Negative. All right, guys. Well, 
let's get into a little Vinnie Vincent here right now. A little kiss. Sound good, Victor? Sounds excellent. We're going to end things here with something off of the Lick It Up album. It was actually the second single, which as uh, Mark pointed out during the last episode, if you go back and look at the video, it looks a lot like uh, Too Young to Fall in Love by Motley right. Crue. All Hells, this song was first, by the way. I think that there was it. Uh, yeah, I wasn't sure which was first. Yeah. Really? Wow. This song was first. So, and even to the point where they have... Tommy Lee was eating something and Gene was eating something and I think it was the same director but it was basically the same video. Yeah, I wondered like, you know, if if the label like back in the day the label would always have like different album covers. You read a lot of uh, stuff like in the the Martin Popoff Black Sabbath books about this where you know kind of the label would just be like here here's a album cover like the album covers weren't designed specifically for the band or the record they kind of just had the artwork in their files wow. and i i was wondering like with with the um with those two videos if there was something like like maybe the treatment like a, a proposal you know a, a kind of a script if you will was was put forth and they they both kind of worked off the same script and just did two different videos. I mean, I, I remember as a kid just being shocked at how close those two videos were in in uh, style yeah, and definitely. theme. Yeah, no, you're 100% correct. And I always wondered that too. And uh, I, I would not think that Motley Crue would consciously say, well, we're going to copy that Kiss video. I think it, they probably had no idea that the Kiss video was the way it was. And... They just went along and did the video because I, I wouldn't see them intentionally copying Kiss. Yeah, and I mean, I feel back in the day, especially Motley Crue were very sensitive to the, the Kiss con comparison. Right. I feel in more recent times, I'm reading Vince Neil's book right now, they, they admit pretty openly that Kiss was a major, major influence on them. However, I do feel back in the day when they were younger, they were a little more sensitive to that. Um, but yeah, so I, I can't imagine that especially Nikki Six would have wanted to have a video that was, you know, incredibly close in in style to a kiss video they just wouldn't have wanted it so uh yeah you, you right. can't help but think they were even though the kiss one came out first that may i mean when you say first do you know year wise how well, much kiss, earlier the the kiss video was well not, maybe i'm wrong but the kiss one came out in 1984 i would say or uh wait maybe 83 84 when did you know what well, Shout at the Devil was 83, but that doesn't mean the video came out yeah. in 83. Well, okay, yeah. maybe I'm wrong with the, the video, because Lick It Up was also 83. So um, I'm going to punch this up right now. Hold on once. Uh, let, me, uh, let me see if I can get this. All Hell's Breaking Loose. Uh, oh, it says released 84. When did I thought Lick It Up came out in 83. Yeah. Okay, that appeared on their 83 album, Lick It Up, second single. Uh, it won a MTV award, or nominated for an award in 84. Um, it says, a video for the single was directed by Martin Cahan and produced by Lenny Groden that featured the band wandering around in the burnout cityscape amongst thugs, bikers, and scantily clad women and other people. Um, now, let's see... Uh, 
Yeah, the song came out in 83. So um, let, let's search uh, Too Young to Fall in Love. Apparently, the Kiss single was released first. The All Hell's Breaking Loose was released as a single February 6th, 1984. And Too Young to Fall in Love was released April 30th, 1984. Mm. Okay, wow, but it's still pretty close, the huh? One? The Kiss one was when, Victor? It was, it was roughly two months earlier yeah. than the Motley Crue. Yeah. Which I means they could have easily been shot at the same time. Right. Right. It's it's weird. It, it, now, for some reason, I thought it was the same director, but I could have been wrong. Wikipedia page doesn't say anything about the director. We, we've got to look at that. But, yeah, they were they were very close in the uh, video. That was a great video. Uh, Eric had a great drum kit in that video. And uh, I just remember, like, how Vinny played the uh, some of the chords on his Jackson you know, Randy Rhodes guitar, uh, which which I just thought was totally cool. That was one of my favorite videos. And I like the sword sounds that were overdubbed onto that. <laughs> you, have you ever heard that? <laughs> that were like sword yeah. sounds and like fire sounds. And even when Gene would step on like some sparks, you'd hear like a little thing that went like this, <sighs> like a little fire. Yeah. Anyway, that is Anyways, can, you, yeah. can you believe that I've only had one drink? It's called a limoncello in a small little cup. <laughs> swear to God. Swear to God. So, anyway, uh, let's... Yeah, thank you guys for having me on, and let's end things with Kiss and All Hell's Breaking Loose.
Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.